My name is Kim Rothwell, and this is the Return to Embodiment. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Sarah He Le Trico. Sarah He was born and raised in Guadalajara, Mexico. She holds a PhD in education and a master's in management and policies of higher education. She's currently a postdoctoral researcher at the University of California, Santa Cruz, and a fellow of the National Council of Science and Technology. Her current postdoctoral research is about Mexican folkloric dance in the United States. She's also a dance teacher, performer, and choreographer. She's devoted to flamenco and versed in Mexican folkloric modern and ballet. Her life journey has led to the development of a special type of dance that she calls flamenco flow. Sarah He has ventured into the creation of dance film with Spiritual Battle Trilogy, a documentary made in collaboration with her brother Carlos Lay, which won several awards at film festivals. This film is a choreographic piece based on her personal experience through the COVID-19 outbreak and how her life has changed. She presents dance as a way of healing and as an exploration of self-transformation. I am delighted and so honored to welcome you to this conversation with Sarah He. Welcome to the Return to Embodiment. It's so nice to see you again. I know it has been a long time. <laughs> How are you? I am doing well. I'm hanging in there with, with um, virtual school for the kids and working and trying to do this when I can. It's a lot to manage, but I think maybe we all have to adapt. It has been a really hard time for for all this, um, for all of us, you know, the dancers, um, because sometimes you don't have a, a space for doing what you love and or the conditions or, you know, so it, it, it has been hard. Mm-hmm. But we are trying to adapt also. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you also had that film. It's an exploration through dance with sort of three different chapters? Yes, actually, um, it is like a personal exploration of um, fear, I think, I will describe it like that, of how all this crazy pandemic time affect me. Um, And because I, I didn't want to live with that anymore, I decided to dance uh, my fears with this um, with this um, piece. I think I don't know how was your experience, but I was like uh, feeling only fear and self isolation and kind of irrational behavior. I think so those thoughts enter into my mind and planted the seed of fear deep inside of my being. 
and um, finally I, I decided I have to dance. I say that to myself, I have to dance this. That was like my first decision, uh, which I can say is more a product of resolution of survival instead of an artistic or creative assessment. I wasn't also thinking about doing a trilogy. That was like the final um, piece because I, I wanted to symbolize the process of being out of this uh, fear experience. The first part that I uh, called like spiritual awakening, when you realize that you have fear and you, you are in that um, prison of anxiety and panic. And I, I must say that that spiritual awakening in some kind of um, way, it's like a um, naive a part because you, you, you think that because you awake, now everything is perfect and then you can move on. <laughs> <laughs> and then so easy, right it was so easy to just wake up yeah so that's why i i decided okay i need another piece to dance and then it's, it's, it, it has to be the the bottle with my own fears that that's the second part of the, of the video that i um titled shamanic bottle and after that I, I said, okay, now I did the battle with my dancing, but it's not, that the process is not complete. I need to self-return. That's the third part. It was like seven days after I did the battle that I feel real calm in, in myself and no more fear or panic. That makes me try the last part that it was this uh, self-return to myself, to my family roots, to peace, to love, to light. That's the, that's the third part of that video. So it's awakening, battle, and then return. And, and there's a transformation. Yes. I'm so glad that it's received such good um, acclaim. And there's been a lot of people that have seen it because witnessing it, it was also an experience of empowerment and um, for me, it was breaking out a bit, breaking out of confines. Yes, and also it was for me really important to uh, film this video in um, in an outside environment because at that time I, I I recorded in May everybody was also afraid to start going out so as you can see in the video it's most of the parts there's there's no one there. <laughs> You live where it's pretty populated, so it's unusual to be the only one on the beach. Yeah, it was, it was really, really, really strange. And at the same time, it, it was a wonderful experience to be, at that time, doing this 
kind of uh, dance healing experience. Also, I was motivated uh, to do that because we had that first uh, encounter, you and I, when we were writing that article and when you told me that I, I should dance whatever um, um, I decided to do it. So it, it, was, it, was, it was really important for me to have that conversation with you at that time. I'm so glad that I could, I could be part of it, be part of helping you find that. Um, your journey that we talked about during that conversation was one of self-healing through movement and through relationship. Yeah, I think that if I hadn't lived that moment in my life when I was uh, unable to walk, uh, I've never have the idea or the deep belief that dance can heal you. Sometimes I think uh, we stop ourselves to dance because we are thinking in dance more as an uh, artistic uh, discipline uh, with some kind of aesthetic rules instead of um, experience the power of movement in human health and in human spiritual being. So I think that's really important. The difference between allowing dance to be a part of how we move through the world, how we relate to the world and to one another, then kind of isolating it as something that is not accessible to everyone. It's actually all of our birthright somehow to move in the world, to move in relationship. I think movement is one of the forces that makes us to be alive. I normally start my podcast with the question, how is embodiment to you? I think if we can't perceive or understand life as an embodiment way of living, we are losing a lot of life itself. So for me, embodiment, it's life as a whole and as the self also. Your journey is one of almost losing your life and losing movement. Yes, it was a virus in my brain that, that it was affecting all my uh, right side of the body. That means um, I was unable to walk or even to talk correctly. Sometimes it's also hard to do it, um, but I'm, I'm getting um, better every time. But at, at that moment, um, my face was completely paralyzed and um, disfigured. And um, when I was unable to move, I think it was the time that I was in, the, in a privileged position to really understand movement and the importance of movement in human life. 
So it was a, a hard time, but at the same time, it was one of the most important times in my life uh, in a positive way because I was able to, to understand the power of movement, even though if it's like just a little, 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 little moment that maybe at that time you can say, well, it's just like one millimeter of movement. But if you continue and you have faith on it, it will be move and you're going to move again. It, it, was, it is a big treasure of knowledge in, in my life. And also the, the meaning of the people that it's around you and how they can support your process. My parents, my mom and my dad, um, where that support of uh, faith and believe in me again, that I, that I was going to be able to move and dance. They were ones who celebrated the little movements with you. Yeah. Basically, I lived only in my bed because I was uh, too weak to support myself with just one side of my body because all the uh, affection was mainly in my brain. Uh, I had terrible headaches, so I was uh, unable to move uh, away from my bed, even though if I have a wheelchair. I was sad, obviously, because I danced all my life. And uh, my dad was with me and he told me, well, you must dance again there in your bed. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you want me to dance here in my bed with, with this side? And he was like, yes. And I was like, that, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. They're like, I'm going to feel more sad if you make me do that. And he was like, no, you have to celebrate that too. And he was like, well, you're a dancer. Just dance that part of your body. And I was like, no, but I need, a, I need an audience. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, ah, well, uh, you have as an audience, your mom and me. So do it. And I was like, well, okay. And I tried and, and they, they applaud me. The moment that makes me change all my, my way of understanding, not only the movement, but also dancing and how we, I think we have like lost a lot of opportunities to see dance in a different way. Because if we understand dance as a whole picture, not only the part that it's beautiful and technical and um, I don't know, there's a lot of things as a discipline in, in, in the art world. If, if we start to see dance as a human practice, I think that's the most important thing. It's a human practice and more about uh, rules or technical way of living or, or styles 
we must see dance as a human practice that helps human beings to inhabit world. Rather than dance being sort of a fixed artifact of culture, it's living. It's about being in relation to how we, how we are alive in the world. It, it is like that. Because everything, everything is in movement. Without movement, we couldn't exist. And if we do not dare to experience movement as dancing, as dancing, whatever it makes you to feel alive. It could be whatever. You could be a ballet dancer. You could be a salsa dancer. In my case, dance because you need to dance as a way of survival. Because for me, dancing, it's, it's that right now with all these kind of problems. I'm, I'm not able to dance properly with all the techniques. Uh, I can't be a ballet dancer as I, as I wanted to be all my life. <laughs> but I move and I dance and I really enjoy dancing as a healing tool for human life. So I think that it's the most important thing that people to dare to dance, just to dance. You know that on such a cellular level because of that experience. Like that's part of the connection to the richness of that time is you were immobilized, you were paralyzed and you were bringing life back connection by connection, cell by cell, breath by breath, tiny movement by tiny movement. So you understand it on that most fundamental level. Yes, the physicians that attend me at that time, they, they said to me that I was not going to walk again. I never believed that sentence. I was like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> Maybe I, I could walk again, but I, I really wanted to dance again. I, I, I wasn't prepared to live without dance. Sometimes... We do not appreciate that. How important is to have faith and also to, to be constant in your practice. And I never thought that it was possible to make all that connections again. I remember that the first time I was looking at to my feet and, and to my right foot. And, and I was like, you have to move, you have to move, you have to move, you have to move. And it was completely paralyzed. And then it was just like that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. It wasn't in one day or one week, it was years. I also remember the first time I uh, walk again without a support. And I couldn't remember how was for me, how, how was possible for me to walk before my disease, to walk by myself. I was like, how, how I was able to do this? 
now it is so hard. And I remember almost to experience every moment of my body, how I feel all the um, space that surrounds me and, and, and my muscles moving again. And yeah, I, sometimes we don't even know the possibility of our own body to heal, to, to uh, reconnect and to survive and also to live. So I think we, we must also doing more research on all the possibilities that our own body have with movement. Yes. As you say that, I'm thinking you went through two processes of learning to walk in your life. One is an infant and the other as a young woman with a much different perspective of the world. But you somehow, you spent the time in that neuromuscular conversation with the foot, with the toe, even when it wasn't moving, you spent the time with it. And then when it started to move, you kept doing it like a remembering and a reconnecting. I'm struck by how often I in my own life and I think people in general become immobilized. What are the ways we have to bring mobility back? to bring life back? If you get trapped in your own ideas, in your own fears, or in, in your own ways of seeing life, then you're not going to move out first of your mental cage. When our negative ideas, I think we, have, we must disconnect that to our bodies. Obviously, I, this is like metaphorical because we are all connected. But I think it was a inner connection first on, until then all the movements start to concretize in my, let's say like in my muscles again. And then at this time, I think we must at least move our ideas I didn't want to stay immobilized again because of my fears. That's why I say I'm going to dance again. Even though I'm not maybe considered in the, in the um, dance world as a professional dancer in that kind of aesthetical way of understanding uh, styles in dance, I'm able to dance. I'm also to move my feelings or to move out my fears. And I think that's the most important thing because when we are moving our ideas into a positive uh, channel, we are also moving our bodies and also our emotions. And at the end, we are inspiring our own spiritual self to inhabit world in a different kind of way. Yeah. So when I hear you say it being like an internal thing, 
It feels like hope or faith. I think hope and faith are really important in this kind of process. In our journeys as human beings, when we lost our paths, it's because we lost faith or hope in some kind of way. Because we, we do not believe in ourselves. We can't see um, future in a different way. And that's why I think hope and faith are really important in human beings just to being able to see inside of their days, their own uh, life, but also outside. It's like a inner outer communication because you have to have faith on yourself, but also you have to have faith that external um, situations, uh, that life itself, it's able to change as, as you are changing. So it's like a double dialogue between yourself and the way you see uh, life. Yeah, we sort of started by talking about that adapting. Maybe it's when we are separated from that hope or that faith, we shut down. Yes, it's like if we self-isolated to our own dark side. Because when we stop to flowing, that's when I think we close our eyes to ourselves and just go back into our dark side. And then because of the absence of that dialogue, external dialogue with, with, the, with the world and, uh, and that flowing, that's what it makes us to think that we are not able to change our realities. It is also so important to move because with that move, you are able to experience flowing, the, the, the nature uh, flowing, the air flowing, the space surrounds you, but also it's flowing with you. So, that's the reason of uh, why movement is so important to human life and, yeah. how, and, and, and why we have to experience, as, as I said before, that movement also in our ideas, how, how we flow with our own ideas, not as, as a dialogue to being uh, reproducing all the negativity that sometimes it happened. I'm not gonna lie, when I was uh, in bed, unable to walk, I, was, I, I also have that dark side. But I realized at that time that if I start giving power to that negativity, I start like a loop, just going, 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 and, and that's sadness and that anxiety and that fears start to uh, putting me more and more deep into a dark room in my own body. And, and then I say, okay, I have to flow, yeah, but not looping. I have to um, think, 
that I'm going to be able to, to move with, with, with the world because that's, that's the essence of life. We have to move all the time, move our ideas, be, be so aware also of our own way of thinking and see life and then move that to our body to dance and then also being able to move our own emotions the emotions that are uh, good for ourselves we have to keep it moving like happiness like um, hope that is going to make us too bright as human beings are, are able to give light to others and to the world beautiful yeah i wish people could have seen because this is a podcast they won't be able to see you but you are doing these beautiful movements of the cycle of isolation and you kind of made the circle movement with your hand about the thought patterns that are stuck in a circle in a cycle and then when you said stuck in a dark room within you brought your hands together and kind of like pulled them down towards your heart and there was something really moving to me about that like tears came to my eyes because I thought oh yeah like that that's a familiar place and then you said I know I have to move but I don't want to just keep moving in this way and so there's this like curiosity or this like escape hatch or this, I'm going to move maybe a different way. I'm going to find a different way to do this and be in relationship and start to move out of the cycle. And so you've opened your movement up to the world. Yeah. I think it's when we stop seeing just to our problems. And we just like up and up to everything. And then everything, it, it, it's, it's weird when you decide by yourself that you want to move out of that dark side place. It's when everything starts to be possible. When I decided to move again in my bed, then everything started to come up into my mind. I was like, oh, I can do this movement with this part of my body. And also, uh, oh, I remember that I used to do this other kind of uh, movement. Maybe it could help me as a way of therapy. You bring light to your own place. And then is when you um, start to see. But as I did it in my movie, um, that's just the first part. Because do you see, but sometimes we, we start to going back. And then when it, it's when you have to decide to fight. That's why it's, it's also so important to see movement in its different levels. You have to move yourself in all the levels that we have as human beings. Mind, body, emotions a spiritual way of seeing life you have to move everything that's the only way when you can connect yourself within the flowing of the universe i think in your film you sought out places 
that you could move with, that were already moving, <laughs> like the waves and, right? There was movement happening in the settings that you chose. The most important thing for me was to dance at, with, the, with the sea, with the waves, because of course I was, you know, I was living in California. So when I decided to do this, I think that's the place I need. I need the beach, I need the, I need the waves, I need the air, I need the, the sand to feel it, to feel that, that way of being connected with mother air. The second part that it's the, the bottle was recorded the same day, but in the afternoon. Because I was like, I need to bottle right now. <laughs> I need to, you know, like take my fears and throw them away. You needed to, you needed, uh, there was like a urge to fight. After you became awakened, there was an impulse to do battle. I was really urged to do that second part of the trilogy. So I, I filmed that in also at the beach, but at Twin Lakes, California. We were driving and I said, just stop there and let, let, let's see <laughs> if we can do it there. Let's see how is, how is the beach at that place. Improvisation. Totally. And people that uh, had the opportunity to see the video told me, it was like if, if uh, the waves were dancing with you. I remember doing the second part and being very, very angry. With, with, with that fear inside of me. And I was like, you have to stop to bother me. <laughs> this is it. And in some part of the film, there's a crow trying to get into the um, shot. <laughs> and I was like, Shoo. <laughs> and when I, when I did that, I, I felt that I was throwing all my fears away when I when I did that movement. I think it's it's one of my favorite parts when I when I'm battling with my own fears and I was really really angry. I was angry with myself because I let them to trap me again. That that's why I say as human being even though we decide in some parts of our lives to move to a positive way, sometimes we, we just trap again. And I say like, no, I have to move again from this um, terrible cage of uh, fear and negative thinking. And, you know, COVID-19 was unthinkable for humanity, I think, or at least for me, <laughs> I, I, never, I never thought we experienced a pandemic. But at the same time, I wasn't prepared even for being uh, unable to walk or to move, so I can't let my fears to trap me again. And the third part was also at Twin Lakes, but like, I don't say like it was like a few meters from the second part was filmed. And again, 
I think everything conspired uh, with me, the waves and um, the light. It's mm, beautiful. You're uh, a mover and a creator. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was it was a improvised creation. <laughs> There's something really empowering too about just that um, the allowing of improvisation, rather than feeling as though it has to be a real clear choreography or form, artistic form. Somehow there's a movement language that is that came before all the forms you're going back there with the improvisation there's a there's a primary movement language that's about connecting into something true i think improvisation and dance it's a way to empower movement in our lives it's to surround or surrender to movement and say, I'm just going to be an instrument for movement to flow within me. First of all, I'm not thinking because when I have to follow a form um, or a step or a choreography in, I try not to, but sometimes I, I, I think one, two, three, or I think, oh, that's the next step. And, and I have to prepare myself to do it correctly. And when I just decided to flow with, with dance, it's a great and a wonderful way to experience freedom and to really experience the power of dance in human life. If you say, okay, I'm just going to be your instrument, you can live in me. And you become part of, of course, the music that I was the other part that it was really important in my video because my brother, Carlos, he's a composer and he composed the music for my video. So, and that's one of the most uh, important parts of, of dancing. It is sound or music, because sometimes we dance without music, but it, 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 it doesn't mean that we are not doing sounds, even with our heartbeat. So the, that key ingredient in my video the music of, of my brother was also the perfect invisible partner to be with me fighting again with fear. And it's like music and dance can live with and through me. And in your film, you're inviting people into it who may not have ever had that chance to try it for themselves. There's a a vicarious experience that might create an appetite for movement that might inspire someone to, to say, maybe I don't have to be immobile. <laughs> maybe I can start to flow a little. Yeah, it's just to, to give us the freedom 
and to allow us to experience world in its pure form, that it's movement. So we don't have to be ashamed because, oh, maybe somebody is going to see me and I'm not going to do it correctly. I'm going to experience world as it is through movement because everything, everything, as you say, even, even the, the most minuscule um, cellular form in our body, it's in movement. If there is no movement in there, we are going to be dead. So you have just to flow with the um, essence of the universe and its movement. It is clearly a way of saying we must experience dance as a way to reconnect ourselves and as a way to reconnect with uh, the world. Even if we don't, we don't have the expertise to do it and to move out of that um, little cage where sometimes we put all the disciplines. Yes, everything has, you know, uh, some canons or rules, but in that we must be flexible if we are more uh, interested in, uh, in the growing and the developing of spiritual human life. I think that's the most important. We, we can't lose that. We have to focus on what is good for humans. We have to dare us also to experience a moment in our own ideas. Mm, so wonderful. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you to Sarah He Lay Trigo for joining me in this conversation with such grace and beauty. Thank you to Josie Rothwell for the opening music and Erin Kate Dunnick for the closing music. Thank you to the Embodied Education Institute of Chicago for sponsoring this podcast about embodiment and the lived experience. And thank you, dear listener, for joining me in the return to embodiment. For a past day.